It's the Who's On First baseball show with the coach, Carl Damasi, and the baseball fanatic, Kyle Lawson. The fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Talking all things baseball on the Coach's Corner Sports Network. I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. And here we are, the coach and the baseball fanatic. And good evening, sports fans, to the Who's on First Base Baseball Podcast, Season 5, Episode 4. We're rounding third base. We're going to come in, and it's going to be a grand salami. And once again, it's April 26, 2022, Tuesday night, with the coach, Carl Demasi, and the baseball fanatic, Kyle Lawson. And it's all presented by the Coach's Corner Sports Network. What's up, fanatic? How you doing, Skipper? Good to see you. We had a one-week layoff here, but a lot's happened around the league, and we got a lot to talk about tonight. Well, you know, you know, we both got busy schedules, and uh, no. hopefully it'll start calming down, and uh, we'll get back to uh, the normal every week doing this thing, uh, at least once a month doing it live at Coach's Corner. But once again, it's baseball season. We got uh, four weeks under our belt, uh, right? Four weeks or three weeks? We got um, – well, we're coming into almost the third week of the season right. right now. You're looking at like two and a half weeks right now as it is Tuesday, so there you go. But uh, lots happened so far, and, yeah, looking forward to breaking it down with you. All right, once, once again, it's all part of the Coach's Corner Sports Network. There are five shows, three that are on YouTube live, then every fourth fourth uh, episode. So r- roughly we'll come back about the eighth episode. We'll be live at Coach's Corner. But you have, of course, Rubbin' and Grubbin' tomorrow night, oh, yeah. Wednesday night. Okay, from 6 to 7 with Brandon, the Atlanta man, Bane, talking all things NASCAR. He's rubbing about cars. He's grubbing food. You're going to have a lot of fun. And of course, we got to give the man behind the scenes, Lawrence Bennett, the producer that does a great job. Number two, the Call of the Massey Sports Board. Every Saturday morning from 9 to about 10.30, and it's 99% of the time live. Sometimes i got to take a little break and do some family things. But once again, you, you got to love it. It's all local, all time, all sports, and it's all music and fun since when? 1991. Never changes the coach corner. Then, of course, we just finished the third annual 19th hole with the Herb Brothers talking all thing Masters from Augusta National, not really, from the Henderson cabin on the campus of Coach's Corner. So we have our own little cabin. How many cabins are there on Augusta National? Do you know? Oh, I really don't know. I've never right. actually been there. Only driven past it. All right. So it's one one nothing coach then. You don't know the trivia question. Oh, uh, <laughs> We haven't got to that yet. But oh, anyway... No. There are 10 cabins on Augusta National, okay? okay and, of course, Butler Cabin is where they give the green jacket out, okay? Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, yeah. once a year. Great show. Check it out on YouTube. They did a great job this year. The Herb Brothers with the 19th hole. Then two podcasts, of course, just come out today before Oz. That's the Hot Grids Podcast with Spencer Maddox and Travis John, episode 112, okay? I don't know how many we've done in five years. Uh, sorry, but, but this is number four in season number Five, so we got to love it. And then yours truly, the Who's on First Base baseball podcast with the coach and the baseball fanatic. All right. We play four innings. First inning, we go around the horn. Major League Baseball news and standings and breaking it down. Inning number two, we talk about, of course, we're chopping on the Braves. We bring you Braves focus. Inning number three, you got to talk about the Savannah Bananas against the Kansas City Monarch. I can't wait to discuss that. And then, of course, we talk about the local guys that are either in the big leagues, in the minors, or playing in Mexico. So exactly. we'll, we'll get to that. And then, of course, the fourth inning is always a lot of fun. It's baseball trivia between the coach and the baseball fanatic. He's only up 2-1 this year. He hasn't shut me right. out. I already it's got my race. race. It's a tight race. 
I got guess. number. We got number four tonight. All right, let's kick it off. Inning number one on the baseball on who's on who's on first baseball podcast. Inning number one. Let's go around the horn. But the big news, you got to talk about Miguel. Miguel Cabrera, one of the greatest of all time, longtime Detroit Tiger, becomes only the seventh major league player to register his 3,000th hit, along with his 500 home runs, was able to do it last week. And great job for Miggy. I knew he would get a chance to get it. He's been loyal to Detroit, a part of those pennant-winning teams, you know, over the past decade. And uh, just, you know, future Hall of Famer waiting to happen and couldn't happen to a nicer guy. All right. I'm not going to throw this as a trivia question to you, but – there have been 37, 37, 3,000 uh, big league, uh, three, uh, 37 big leaguers who hit, thir- hit uh, 3,000 hits. You know that? Yeah, of course. And only seven that have had 500, 500 home runs with it. Only seven. Yep. All right. So that's first the big news. Okay. And uh, I watched when the Yankees walked them last week, and uh, they, they, the, the Detroit, Detroit fans didn't like that too much. But you know what? Hey, Tiger fans did not like that too much. But you're playing the game to win. So the Yankees yeah. did that. They chose to do that. He knew I mean, that. Miguel Cabrera has been unbelievable since the day he stepped into Major League Baseball. I'd honor him at two. So uh, we'll go from there. Uh, okay. Now we had a big breaking news uh, today about the pitches in Major League Baseball also. Yeah, a little bit of news. Uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association have come to an agreement that you are now allowed to carry 14 pitchers on a staff in at, in a time of you know specialization and pitchers not going nearly as deep as they as they would in years past. This is a big deal. You get a chance to carry an extra guy on there, have a little bit of extra depth in that bullpen. So I think this is a really great thing. This was announced, you know, three, four hours ago. But, uh, yeah, that's that's really the big story out of the league today as far as a rule change. All right. So that's what you have. You got Cabrera, and we got another pitcher being added to the roster. All right. Let's go around the horn. Let's see what's shaping up in the, the division standings. Of course, we always start in with the AL. So let's start in the AL East, the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Are neck and neck. Rays are nine and seven. Red Sox are seven and ten. Of course, the good old Baltimore Orioles bringing up the cellar at six and ten. Yikes! So okay, I mean, a lot of big hits, a lot of good pitching, a lot of homers. Vladdy, Biggio, you name, and uh, you know, Bo Bichette with Toronto eleven and six right now. But the Yankees are knocking on the door right now at ten and six, only half a game behind Tampa Bay. And I mean, you know, Wander Franco's turning into a superstar. They're only a game and a half back. This is going to be a really fun division. We talked about this in our last episode. Yeah, this is easily, to me, the most competitive division in the entire American League. And uh, I would not be surprised to see, you know, a couple of teams, you know, swapping places all, um, you know, back and forth. Uh, Baltimore still in their eternal rebuild. I don't know when that is ever going to <laughs> rectify itself, but I'll tell you this, don't count Boston out either. But right now, Toronto's playing some great ball and they're a really fun team to watch. Great defensive players like George Springer, and then you get the great power from a guy like uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So that's where we're sitting right now in the East. All right, and I got to say one thing. Do it. Yankee fans are embarrassing. That was rough. That should never have happened. Of course, the trash throwing incident against you know against Cleveland last week, and uh, yeah, I mean there. I mean with today's technology, you're going to be able to track them out and make sure they never come back to Yankee Stadium again. That never should have happened. And, I mean, you, you see, like, Aaron Judge and, you know, John Carlos Stanton going out there and calling for, you know, some kind of sanity out there. Right. You know, I mean, the Yankees do have a great fan base. There are a few chuckleheads in every fan base. That's not a good look. And, yeah, it needs to be nipped in the bud right away. Shouldn't have happened. Bleacher creatures, 
I don't know. Sometimes they just they're just not a friendly group. But you know, Quan hit that wall pretty hard. He was dazed and confused. His player went over to help him, the center fielder. And then we got Yankee fans out there in left field making fun of the guy hurt. And uh, you know, I, I agree with the center fielder from the Guardians. What what, what was the center field? What was the center fielder's name? Ah, losing my dad gone, and I just had it on the tip of my tongue. But nevertheless, but he was defending his player. It shouldn't and then, happen. He right. yeah, he should. You defend your teammate. That should not have happened. You get a salty bunch of Yankee fans out there sitting out there in right field. Shouldn't have happened, and I'm sure the league's going to deal with it. All right, Yankee fans, you get you get the uh, blunder of the week. You get the bonehead move of the week. Okay, yeah, AL Central. Uh, you know, we only have one team at 500. The little surprised, a little the, surprised. Uh, Minnesota Twins, Byron Buxton, 479 foot oh. walk off win, eight Boy. and eight, and then uh, the Guardians. It's the Indians, but it's really the Guardians. All right, they're seven and nine. The Tigers are six and nine. White Sox six and nine, and Royals five and nine. We thought the best team in that division, the White Sox, White Sox, would be up there, but they got the injury bug. That big guy. Oh man, that was rough. You see, Eloy Jimenez go down like that. He's going to be out for a while. I hated to see that because that is a really talented player, highly talented, coming up through actually the Cubs system, and of course he was part of the big Jose Quintana trade, but. I will see them rebound, but I mean, uh, Minnesota has played really well. Buxton, Georgia boy, goes out there, hits an absolute moonshot, and uh, yeah, they're holding they're holding uh, serve right now. Uh, I still don't know if Cleveland's really for real, and I still see the Sox finding a way to improve. Look out for a young guy named Andrew Vaughn. He's an unbelievable hitter, and uh, yeah, I still see the Sox as a class of division, but they got some work to do after a really bad week. All right, let's go out to the AL West. We're going on the left coast, and they are left on the left coast. All right, yep. you got the Mariners and the Angels fighting it out. Mariners 10 and 6, Angels 10 and 7, Athletics 9 and 8, Astros and the Rangers are bringing up the Rio 7 and 9 and 6 and 10. I mean, it just, I mean, who do the Mariners have? I don't even, I can't even name one Seattle Mariner. Okay, you get Kyle Lewis out there in center field, unbelievably talented player. They pick up uh, Robbie Ray. This is a good team that's well built by their front office, and they've jumped out to um, you know ten and six record. Started off kind of rough that first week, but they're eight and two. They got a winning streak of three in a row, and uh, I love that the Angels are you know keeping it relevant right now. You got Shohei Otani, and of course you got Mike Trout, the two most exciting. Uh, two of the most exciting players in all the game. And, I mean, it's good for the game when two of your high-profile showcase guys are on a good winning team right now. So a little shout-out to Joe Madden out there for that. But, yeah, Seattle uh, right now is the class of the division. So, I mean, um, been interesting. little surprises coming into two and a half weeks. All right, let's stay out there on the West Coast, and we'll go back to the National League, the senior circuit. Okay, the Dodgers we knew were going to be good. They're 12-4. and four. The Giants are right in the thick of it again again at 12-5. and five. Rockies 10 and 6, Padres 10 and 7, Diamondbacks 6 and 11. I think this is the only division that has four teams over 500. No, you're totally right about that. And you knew that the four teams were going to be good. Of course, the Diamondbacks are going through a total rebuild. It's going to be neck and neck between uh, really the four teams in this division. I still think the Dodgers are the absolute class of it, but don't sleep on San Francisco. And the surprising Rockies 10 and 6. I mean, of course, they go out there and they pick up, you know, Chris Bryant in the offseason, but I did not see this outburst from them. Thus far, we'll see if they can hold up San Diego. They've had their issues, but they're still a really talented team. And, uh, yeah, I got to say, yeah, this is easily the most competitive division in the National League as, you know, in comparison with the East in the AL. And, of course, the Dodgers are hot. hot. They've won eight out of the last ten. So uh, Eight out of ten. Eight, now yep. we go to the NL Central, okay? 
Cardinals up top with nine and six, then the yep. Blue Crew, 10 and seven, who I happen to think have probably one of the best pitching staffs in Major League oh. Baseball. Then we have the Pirates in eight and eight. We have the Cubs seven and nine, and then Reds three and 13, the worst I mean, record the, in baseball. It's rough. Yeah, the Red Legs are looking rough. I'm not terribly surprised by the Brewers by any stretch of the imagination. You got Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff. What a great staff. And uh, yes, yeah, sneaky power on there, and Christian Yelich is starting to get. Get a little hot right there. Cardinals keep finding a way to win. They keep finding a way to, you know, pull things off. The Cubs, after, you know, a pretty, um, you know, they kind of ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw running into the Pirates right there. I mean, who played surprisingly well? I don't think that's going to keep up. Uh, the Cubs, I think, could be a thorn in the side to the two teams, you know, leading the way with the Cardinals and Milwaukee. But, um, yeah, I'm not terribly surprised with the Central right now, to be honest with you. All right. Then we go to the NL East. And the Mets, the only team over 500 at 13 and 5. They've won seven out of their last 10. The Fish are 7 and 8. Marlins, the Phillies are 7 and 10. The Braves are 7 and 10. And the Nationals are 6 and 2. This is probably one of the most talented divisions in baseball. Very much so. Four out of the five teams can't get off, get, can't get back to 500. And we know the Braves that took them all the way until the trading deadline last year to get over 500. I don't know. It's going to be pretty. If the Mets can stay where they are, and you got a great manager, Buck Showalter. It's going yep. to be a tough team to beat. Yeah, they really are. And, I mean, even with DeGrom, with his injury news right now, we know he's going to be down for some time. You've also got Scherzer leading the way. Uh, and then you lose a guy like Michael Conforto out yeah. there, you know, came through came through the old Savannah Sandnets. Uh, but, yeah, they're 13-5 and five right now, 7-3, and three, the one less one, – uh, one, two in a row right now. I mean, Miami, I'm not really a believer there. The Braves – uh, just kind of need to get some things shorted out, you know, sort of with their pitching. I know we'll cover that in a little bit right now. And, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia, I still think that's a fairly talented team, too. I still think the class of the division comes between uh, the Metropolitans and the Bravos. Braves have just kind of had a rough week, and they need to get it together before a big road trip. All right, so uh, as far as it goes, I mean, uh, I got to say the biggest surprise for me right now is the Milwaukee Brewers pitching staff. I didn't think they were going to be that good. I know we had we had three good pitches last year. Oh, yeah. Start, starting four and five are really picking it up for the Brewers. Uh, so, I mean, if you look at their depth chart, it's pr- pretty, pretty impressive. I mean, like you said, you got, you know, Woodruff and uh, Peralta and Corbin. Hauser and Lauer. I mean. Uh, Corbin Burns. Burns. I mean. Yeah, it, you look at just, <laughs> you look at, a, you know, your Cy Young winner. I mean, come right. on. But, uh, yeah, unbelievable pitching staff that really keeps them in games, and they have just enough offense to get things done right there. But uh, I'm not terribly surprised, but I will say I like your thoughts on the fourth and fifth from Milwaukee getting it done. Really trying to make it a complete pitching staff. And, of course, you look at Suter and Hayter coming out of that bullpen. That's a nasty thing you don't want to see too much. Well, you just said I was going to jump on that too. you got two guys coming out of that bullpen. That's pretty impressive. So, right now, that's around the horn. For uh, the first three weeks of Major League Baseball, and uh, my choice is the Milwaukee Brewers. Do you, you have any surprise? Or are you going along with that, fanatic? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go along with you on that. I'm um, surprised the Mets are doing as well as they're doing. I'll throw that out there a little bit. Uh, but I know, you know, the kind of money they spent in the offseason. So, yeah, just really the uh, the Brewers, I guess, putting together a really good starting five. We knew how good the top three were going to be. But really putting it together one through five, they're going to be really tough. All right, and that's inning number one, around the horn with the coach and the baseball fanatic. And you're listening to the Who's on First Base Baseball Podcast, brought to you by 
Coach's Corner. And remember, every Friday and Saturday night, Coach's Corner is live in the Salad Garden. Yep. One of my favorite bands ever. Yes, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker that loves Southern rock. We got the tribute band, the Allman Brothers, on Friday night. Sounds there pretty good, go. eh? Oh, it'll be a great time. They've been playing the Sound Garden for a long time. You love the Allman Brothers. Go check them out. It's a great venue. Look at that big screen out there. Uh, have some drinks. Have some food. It looks like a really good time. All right. So that's Friday night. All right. Inning number two. It's shopping, baseball, Braves, baseball talk. We got to focus on the Braves. What's going on here, Fanatic? Once again, uh. we're starting slow. We're 7-10. and 10. We ain't got the right lineup. Uh, Acuna should be coming back hopefully within a week. Very close. Yes. So, but you know what? I mean, uh, we got some uh, young kids stepping up on the mound too. I mean, we're still waiting for the other pitchers to get back into that end of the season form they did with. But you know what? Uh, the right kid was pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We all know what Kyle Wright can do. He's really talented. He was a big contributor last year in the rotation. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be able to give quite a few starts for the uh, for the Braves. You know, of course, they're 7-10 right now. Uh, rough weekend, really. You know, they've dropped their last two. They got uh, their series start tonight against the Cubs before they hit the road. Three against Texas. Next week, I think, is going to be really telling because they go into the belly of the beast and they got to go to Gotham. They got to go to Queens and they've got to play the Mets. So get ready for that. But coach, a couple of injury notes right now. Uh, this is, this is kind of a tough one with Eddie Rosario last year's, you know, NLCS MVP. Uh, he's got blurred vision and he's got to, I mean, he's going to have to go under the knife. He's going to be out eight to 12 weeks to go over some, uh, go undergo some surgery to correct that. And so expect to see Orlando Arcia and uh, Guillermo Heredia uh, get some action out there in left field. Speaking about eye problems, I just had a contact pop out. So go ahead. Oh, story per of my perfect life. Timing. Perfect story timing. of my timing. life, Coach. As, but, long as, I, as long as I don't have a retina problem like Eddie Rosero, I'm doing all right. I don't have a retina oof. problem. Yeah, you so. got that right. So that is not something fun, but uh, best of luck to him. But you did mention, of course, Ronald Acuna. Now, I was down in Jacksonville over the weekend, and uh, the Jacksonville Dumbo Shrimp, you know, the AAA Marlins affiliate, they were playing uh, the Gwinnett Stripers. Had some friends go down and check it out so they could see Mr. Acuna rehab. Looked pretty good and and uh, went two for three on Saturday, and I, I got there a little bit too late. I wanted to pop in there to that stadium at the Bragan Field and go ahead and take in the game. But, um, yeah, he looked pretty good. He went two for three on Saturday, and he's eyeing a May 6th return. So get ready. He's coming back. No worries, but uh, just best of luck to him as he gets healthy. But, I mean, the biggest thing for me with the Braves right now, you know, trying to find that right lineup, uh, you know, the right lineup that works for you. The pitching has not been great on a night-to-night basis. It's been a bit sketchy. Braves still continue to hit. Ozzy Albies continuing to put up good numbers. Austin Riley, his on-base plus slugging is, is just through the roof. I don't think there's really anything you need to get too freaked out right now, but obviously it's not the start you want, you know, coming off a world championship. You know, and the pitching staff has been the, the the starting pitching. Usually we complain about or we cry about the bullpen. Oh, the bullpen. That was all last year. Right. Well, now it's the starting pitch. I mean, yes. Anderson, Anderson hasn't been on, on his game. Fried hasn't been on his game. I mean, he's, uh, going tonight. Yeah. he's going tonight. Okay. And don't forget, we lose Shiraka probably, or not we, the Braves lose Shiraka to what, July, August? Because the, the oh, Achilles tear? Oh, that's the absolute earliest with the Achilles tear. And I mean – Let's hope for the best with him getting ramped up to give you something maybe for a late season push. 
but you don't know what you're going to come back with after an Achilles tear like that. You're just hoping and praying he comes back and gives you some semblance of itself. But it's a pitching staff that really needs to sort itself out for this team to contend. Charlie Morton, I mean, what's he got, like a six ERA? Yeah, I don't put too much you know, stock into an early ERA, but he's had a couple of bad outings. And if you want him to be at the top of the rotation, you got to get that under control right now. He's walking too many people. He's erratic. And you know what a talented pitcher he can be, but he's in his late 30s. So you hopefully hopefully he can rebound. And um, But, yeah, I mean, hopefully you continue to get good appearances from guys like Kyle Wright, the young guys coming through the system. Hey, he's 2-0, has an yep. ERA of 0. 1.06, uh, yep. 17 starts pitched, 26 strikeouts. I mean, his whip is 0. 0.78. And your whip is walks, hits versus innings pitched. So Absolutely. I mean, it's a terrific he, stat. So you know, he was he was the I guess the Anderson Schrock of last year. Hope hopefully he could carry them on uh, until we get the rest of the staff straight. So, Absolutely, uh, it's early. Braves fans, don't freak out like you normally do. Just be patient. Read. You saw what happened last year. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't happen until after the trade deadline. So that's inning number two in the books. The Braves focus. Uh, biggest surprise for me. Okay, well, I'll give you the honors this time. I did it for the whole league. Give us the biggest surprise for the Braves so far for you. I'm not really going to say it's so much of a surprise. It's it's how well that Austin Riley continues to do, continue to build, up, build on the great season last year. You know what he can do defensively. His OPS is off the charts right now. It's a guy that flat out can hit for power, which really helps you at Coors Field that is a hitter's park. He gets on base like crazy. Hang your hat on that guy right now, and uh, right now he's he's my top performer. Okay, I'll go with Kyle Wright. You go with uh, Mr. Riley. All right. Yeah, a little, little hitting, little pitching. There we go. I like it. Hey, that's two of the books. We're on second base. We're doing right on time here. You got to love it. And uh, it once again, you're listening to the Who's on First Base Baseball Podcast with the coach, Carl Demasi. And who are you? I happen to be the baseball fanatic, as you humbly call me. <laughs> with a plethora <laughs> of knowledge, and that's Kyle Lawson. And so part of the Coach's Corner Sports Network. We told you who's playing Friday night. Who's playing Saturday night there, big guy? Let's see. I said, what was it? The uh, I believe it starts with a sapphire. What you got for me? Sapphire bullets of pure love. Sapphire. That is a mouthful. I mean, it looks like we got a little uh, little rock and roll. We got a little blues. We got and a little you, classic R&B. You got the Bonaventure horn section. Oh, well, that'll be good. I understand. Throwing it back. You're going to get a big, big brass, big old band music, but they get into, uh, uh, what do you call it? They get into Toto. They get into Steely Dan, Tower of Power, James Brown. I mean, living in America, a right? A little prog rock right there. You got a little bit, you know, throwing it back with that horn section, which, which sounds amazing. If you haven't been to coaches, check it out, because the acoustics out there in the sound garden are phenomenal. I mean, last week we had the laser show. The oh, yeah. And now we got uh, Pink Floyd, and now we got, you know, Toto, Stanley Dan, you know, John Henderson, that crew over there keeps on bringing in some good music into the sound garden. So it's not all sports, uh, all food, all fun all the time, because it's all music all the time, and it's happening since what year? 1991. You can't, you can't beat it. All right. Inning number three. We're heading for third base. Okay, we're heading for that triple. We're going to break it a little down. Savannah Bananas World oh, Tour has blown it up big time. They got you know. one, one more weekend next weekend out in Kansas City. They're taking on the Monarchs, uh, an independent baseball team, and they're playing Bananas baseball. So it's not going to be regular baseball. Now, 
if I'm on, if I'm a Savannah banana, I got the advantage here. How do you think Easily. the Kansas City Monarchs are going to handle this? No, it's crazy to kind of adapt to the different rules that you have right there. You got time limits. And, you know, as far as getting out of an inning, I mean, these guys, I mean, yes, the, you know, Savannah Bananas, when the, we do the banana ball, these are pro professional players. But you're looking at guys that are playing in the American Association right now, independent ball, that are used to playing standard nine-inning baseball as long as it takes. Advantage Bananas all the way. But this is going to be really cool. And, yeah, it's going to come up on May 6th and 7th. They're going to have the Kansas City, Kansas. is right over the border. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun with a, a very historic team. Well, hold it. Let me let me get my notes here on banana ball rules because I want to know how, how how you going to ha- handle this. Okay, all right. Banana rules baseball. Okay, let's go. Uh, here we go. Number one. Okay, uh, where are we? Um, okay, I just lost my uh, page here. I want to make sure I get these right. Okay, every inning counts. What that means, if I score one run, you score two runs. You get one point. It's based on points now, not just runs. So yeah, you got to make every inning count. Right. All right. Like you said, rule number two, two-hour time limit. I mean, I went to a baseball game Sunday, uh, uh, an independent Atlantic League, independent baseball league. Kyle, four hours. Are you kidding me it for took, an indie ball game? That's insane. Took four hours. Four hours? So oh this two hours. I mean, I love the two-hour time limit. I mean, you know, it, it's great. I mean, even it a three-hour time limit. Keeps everybody engaged. Keeps so, everybody engaged, no doubt. All right. How are you going to handle this? You're not allowed to step out of the batter's box. If you do, it counts as a strike. No stepping out. You're in there. You better be ready to hit. And talking about hitting, there's no bunting, rule number four. Yep. Get in there, get that big stick out there, put it in the outfield, and try to put it over the fence. You have no choices. Okay, and rule number five. Hey, got a pup bark there. Okay, it's part of the batter. Rule. Batters can steal first base on a wild pitch. That's right. So you got somebody with some speed. You get a Billy Hamilton like guy up there. Yeah, he's taking first all the way. All right, and then you go number six. No walks allowed. That means ball four. You got to make it around the bases as far as you can, as fast as you can, before the entire team gets the ball around the infield and outfield and throws you out. Yeah, you get a, you get the classic plastic pickle, classic game of chicken. You get in a rundown right there. Run for your life. Make sure you stretch. Number eight. Uh, sorry, number seven. No mound visits. So yep. you're out there. You're on your own little island. Sorry, kid. Figure it out. Throw a strike. <laughs> and uh, number eight. If a fan catches a foul ball, you're out. That's an out. So Kansas City Monarchs, if you're listening, fans. Don't catch your own team's foul ball. Now catch a banana ball. Okay, that'll be it. And the last one is, okay, if it goes to a tie game after two hours, we go on at to a one-on-one showdown tiebreaker. That means we have a catcher, we have a pitcher, we have one fielder, and we have one batter, and you hit it as far as you can, and you got to get around the bases as fast as you can. Yep. Plain and simple. Changing the way people watch the game. It's a lot of fun. Sellouts in every city. Yeah, this is going to be crazy. I'm looking forward to watching this next week uh, when they take on the Monarchs, you know, who have never played this style of ball. So, I mean, I have no idea what kind of preparation they're looking for. But uh, I'll tell you this. So they finished up the World Tour um, uh, last week, or actually they finished their last two cities that went to Columbus. Right. And against the party animals playing banana ball. 
And then they finished up at the oldest stadium in the country, that is Rickwood Field in Birmingham, Alabama. The, um, excuse me, the party animals took both of those games. Saw some pretty cool things, though, I'll tell you that. So Bill Lee, the legend, if you haven't, go on uh, Twitter, look up Savannah Bananas' Twitter, look up him and his stretching routine. The man's 75 years old. It's just a delight to watch. And Jake Peavy. Major League All-Star, yep. former Padre and former White, member of the White Sox. He comes out there and tosses an inning. Didn't see that coming. No, it's just been a great show. So once again, May 6th and 7th, Kansas City. Watch out. because here comes the Savannah Bananas. All right, quickly, well, let's get to the local, lo- local players. The only one in Major League Baseball right now is J.B. Wendelkin. J.B. Wendelkin right now. He's got six appearances right now, and he's coming out in for – a, uh, a rebuilding Arizona Diamondbacks club. He's 0-1, 491 ERA. He's only given up one home run. Only uh, he's given up seven hits through seven innings pitched. Got four strikeouts, got four walks. So a bit of a mixed bag for him. But he's settling in with a team that's rebuilding right now. And he's seeing regular innings with the Diamondbacks. He's in the show. Okay. He's in the show. Go, let's go to minor league baseball. Let's go to the St. Paul Saints. And uh, local boy Tyler Bachelor has been uh, has two appearances with the St. Paul Saints. Yeah, looking looking pretty good so far. He's up there. He's back in affiliated baseball again. You know, after uh, spending time in the Chicago Cubs organization, St. Paul Saints, longtime independent uh, club. They are the AAA affiliate of the Minnesota Twins. So yeah, he's getting some time, and uh, he's got hopefully... he's got two wins. Okay, he's yes. two and zero. He's got a three point eight six ERA. First game he came in. Pitched one and one-thirds innings, gave up a run, earned run, but he struck out three, only walked one. The second game he came in on April 22nd against Toledo. Okay. The mud hands. The mud hands. All right. He got an inning in. He had a strikeout. Uh, sorry, he had a walk, but he didn't take the – he didn't give up any runs. He got the win. So he's 2-0, 3.86 ERA, three strikeouts, two walks. So he's back in AAA. So if he keeps on throwing that 98-mile to 99-mile heater, we might see him back in the bigs. Yeah, you could see him playing in uh, playing in Minneapolis St. Paul again, and good for him. Started off really well, and yeah, I hope he, you know, wanted him to do so well, you know, in the Cubbies organization. But um, you know, great that he got another lease on life with the Twins, a really strong organization. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, expect him to be a September call up for the Twins. All right, and let's go to Josh Reddick, and you can pronounce that team better than I can. Who is he playing Los, for? He's playing for Los Aceros. De Monclova in the Mexican League, a team littered with ex-Major League Baseball players. By the way, they're not the Aces. Acereros means Steelers. Just learn that. Well, I mean, so, uh, they got they got the big they got the big panda. Yeah, they got Pablo yeah. Sandoval. They got Big Sexy himself. They, got, I mean, come on, they they've got Bartolo Colon as Bartolo Colon. Okay, they got and who's the hitting coach? Julio Franco. Okay, and they got uh, former A's natural slugger Chris Carter. Yeah, right. had some good seasons. So, and then their manager is Mickey Calloway, pitching coach yeah. from the New York Yankees. Yeah, for, for yeah, and and with the Mets. So yeah, I mean he's down there right now. Still don't really have any early season stats. It's really hard to find Mexican League stats. They haven't started. This is the official opening this week. Oh, that's right. I forgot they don't start until this. Okay. I need to pay better attention. Either right. way, best of luck to Josh. Wake up from that siesta. It's impossible. They're too comfortable. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and the last two we got 
The last yeah. two we got to talk about, we got two kids back in the Atlantic Independent League. They're both playing for the same team. They're both teammates from Calvary Day School. What went to Georgia? One went to Valsasta. One got drafted by the Braves. One got drafted by the Indians. Uh, Dom Damasi and uh, Ryan Lola. Uh, Dom Damasi on Sunday went five innings, uh, gave up one earned run, uh, gave up six hits, struck out a batter. But here's what kills me. 49 pitches, and out of the 49 pitches, they were 36 strikes. So he didn't come back for the sixth inning because they all had like a 30-minute – I'm telling you, the game took five hours – like a 30-minute fifth inning. So uh, he didn't come back to finish it. And Lawler, I got his stats right here. Okay, pitching. Ryan, Ryan's been in two appearances, two relief appearances because that's what he's doing. All right, so Lola, 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 Lola. Okay, he's one and zero. He did get the win in in, uh, in relief, but uh, he gave up a home run last game. He came in after Dom. His ERA is nine point zero. He has two strikeouts, one walk. So uh, and his WHIP is right now at one point three three, which is not that bad. So uh, both of them back with the Charleston Dirty Birds. Dirty Birds. And, yeah, I know you had a chance to go up there and see the fellas pitch. Yeah, we were talking uh, <laughs> talking yesterday, and you were still heading back from West Virginia. And, uh, yeah, I saw some really cool pictures. I tried to look up and see as much as I could from that. And, yeah, man, I love that hat. I love that logo. Did you get any merch from the stadium? I got a hat. Good. You got a hat. I love that logo. The canary in the coal mine. Yep. Nothing sums up West Virginia better than that. So, so glad that um, – yeah, Rye and uh, Dom are doing so well, and uh, yeah, best of luck. Just to let the people know why they call the Dirty Birds is because the miners, when they would go into the caves, would take the canaries, and if there was a lot of methane gas, the canaries would freak out, and the uh, miners knew that, well, if the birds are freaking out, the canaries are freaking safe. out, we need to get out of here. The Dirty Birds aren't going to be able to he live here, neither are we. So uh, it's a canary with a miner's hat with the, with the uh, light on top of the miner's hat. It's a pretty cool logo. Oh, it's a great logo. I love minor league baseball logos to begin with. But, yeah, uh, just great to hear the local boys doing well. So, uh, yeah, just glad you got to go up and see him play. All right. So that's inning number three in the books. We're rounding third base, coming home now for the final inning. You're listening to the Who's on First Base baseball podcast with the coach, Carl Demasi, and, of course, Kyle Lawson, the baseball fanatic. And it's all part of what network? That would be the Coach's Corner Sports Network. And right now there are five shows, three that are on YouTube, to their podcast, okay, the podcast, yours truly, who's on first base, baseball podcast, and of course, um, the Hot Grids podcast with Travis Jadon and Spencer Maddox, episode 112 just came out today, this is Tuesday night, April 26th, this is episode uh, four for us, season number five, don't forget the other shows, Rubbing and Grubbing, tomorrow night, six to seven, on uh, Facebook, Coach Corner Facebook page on YouTube, then the Call of the Master Sports Report on Saturday, and then was uh, about uh, three weeks ago, we had the uh, the 19th hole with the Herb Brothers, Herb Brothers. Uh, all about the Masters and what goes on there. All right, we'll talk about what's coming up in the Sound Garden. We've already mentioned it once. We'll talk about it at the end, but it's time for inning number four, baseball trivia. Okay, the coach is down two to one to uh, the man himself, the baseball fanatic, Kyle Lawson. All right, buddy. It's uh, my turn to be the whole team, so you ready for your first question? Light it up, Coach. Let's do it. Who is the youngest player ever to reach 3,000 hits in Major League Baseball, and how old was he? Oh, man. You were going for the throat today, Coach. Well, you know what? Yeah. It's, it's Miguel Cabrera's celebration time, so my theme is the 3,000-hit club. 
Oof. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to. Oh, boy. 3,000 hits. Uh... All right. I'm going to go Pete Rose on that because he is the hit king. So I'm assuming he got there at a fairly young age. I think he hit there at 34. Well, you got the age right on the money. 34 years old, but it was the Georgia Peach, Ty Cobb. Oh, it's Ty Cobb. Okay. That was it was either gonna be it was either gonna be Pete or it was gonna be Ty. You got me. That's a good I, question. I, when you said 34, I said he knows what he's talking about, but he has the wrong guy. All right, so it's bottom of the first now. I could take the lead here. All right. So can you name me? I did I kind of went all over the place here today. So who is the only major league pitcher? With 3,000 strikeouts and fewer than 1,000 walks in a career. Major League pitcher with 3,000 strikeouts and fewer than 1,000 walks? Fewer than 1,000 walks. Mm. This is fun. People, if you're, you're listening to us, we do this on a video so we can watch each other. We can't be cheating on this. So I can't go to my uh, phone or my uh, my uh, computer on this. Um, I, got, I got all my stuff right here. So <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go with Sandy Koufax. Okay. Good guess. He never actually got the 3,000 strikeouts. Mad Dog, Greg Maddox. And if you're at the Braves game tonight, you're getting that Greg Maddox Cy Young bobblehead. That's what that was my inspiration for tonight. Ah, you got me. All on right. That one. So, all right. All right. What you got for me now? All right. No score. No score. Might have to go to a little bonus action here. We're probably going to have to go to a bonus action. I know this one's going to be a tough one for you. Okay. Okay. Three players recorded their 3,000 hit as a member of what franchise, which is the most for any team in Major League Baseball? Which franchise had three players reach 3,000 hits in their uniform? Wow. Man, that is a tough one. All right. Um, oh, man. Uh, yeah, I don't want to go with the terribly obvious here. So, all right. I, I'm going to go Cincinnati Reds. Close. It's in Ohio. Oh, the Indians. Cleveland Indians. Oh, and I, I didn't want to make it tough on you because I would have never, never got the players who did it. But, uh, you know, can you name the three players? Okay. I'm going to have to go Eddie Murray. Right. Eddie Murray got it. I mean, I know he was mostly an Oriole. Right. Um, but he did finish up there. Uh, on it. Did Jim tell me get it? Nope. Nope. He didn't get it. Okay. Uh, I guess I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go back a little bit. Earl Abril. Nope. Ah, you gotta go back really a long time. Oh, uh, Tris Speaker. Right. And one more. Uh, one more from Hallowed Antiquity. The Ooh. good old Nap. Uh, Nap Lashway. Yep. <laughs> ah. Hey, at least I knew those names. That's pretty good. Well, yeah, I know the names, but I didn't know they all did. I knew Murray did it with the Indians like you did. Yeah, I knew I know that. he spent his whole, he was on his whole career. Yeah, his whole career with the uh, Orioles, and he does it with the Indians, okay? All right, I could win it right here, or we could go to extra innings. Can you? Okay, there are three major league teams that have never had a most valuable player. Can you give me two of them? The teams or the players? No, I just need the teams. I'm not going to kill you on this. So just give me two of the three. Most valuable players. Yeah. Two, three teams that have never had an MVP. Just give me two of them. 
MVP for the season. Yes, yeah. End of season MVP, not playoffs. This is regular season. I got to go with the fish, the Marlins. Just put me out in my misery if I'm wrong so I don't have to go any further. Uh-uh. So I'm wrong. All right, I'm going to give you three guesses, though. No, I I, I have no idea. Okay, well, it's uh, your childhood team, the Mets. Then it's the D-backs and it's the Rays. All right. The, so, Me- the Mets have never had an MVP during this. I know. This- I was a little surprised by that, too. Wow. Yeah, that's shocking. You look at, you know, Gary Carter, guys like that, you know, Piazza. Right. Didn't happen. Not in Flushing. Wow. All right. Oh, so we each got one. We got one shot to get this. Man, you, you coming in with the heat today. What you got for me? All right. <laughs> this is an interesting one. Name three players who got their 3,000th hit on a home run. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like we may be taking the point and going home to quote a hockey reference here. Might, might be kissing our sister tonight. Yeah, there you go. Um, a home run. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr. Nope. Ah. Man, I couldn't believe it. Hmm. So it's I, guys you wouldn't expect to be. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm taking the L on this one. I got nothing. And during, Dude, their, I, I during their career, they all played for the Yankees. Wade Boggs, Derek Jeter, and Alex Rodriguez. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I was kind of shocked because they're all getting, we're former Yankees. Okay, so. I should have got the Jeter one. I would not have guessed a Rod. I, I was, I was going to say, I think it made the most sense to me because he was at the, he was sort of, he was in the twilight of his careers before he went right. to the Rays. But come on, all right, all right. Well, uh, this I could got, be it. I got one question for you. That's all you're allowed. That's these are the rules. <laughs> Can you name the two father-son combination combos that have? Three home runs in one game. It's a father and a son combo. There's two of them. Griffey's? Correct. Father-son. The other father-son combo. Griffey's is the most obvious. Oh, yeah. That one's just sitting there. Father-son combos. I don't know. Was Bobby Bonds still around with Barry Bonds? Uh, That's not my answer yet. Uh, what other combos could there be? There are the Aaron's were some combos. The arrows were brothers. I I got to go with the Bonds boys, but it's probably not right. The fielders Cecil and Prince. Oh, I didn't think hard enough. Oh, all right. So it looks like it's two one and one. Man, you came with the heat, and I think I had just enough to just tie you. Yeah, you did. I, you I did. thought you were going to get that. So, but anyway. It's once again the Who's On First Base Baseball Podcast, Season 5, Episode 4, The Coach Called the Monster, of course, the fanatic Kyle Lawson. Looking forward to another great week of baseball, and it's the Braves against the Cubbies. Uh, you're going to be a little torn here, or you're just going to be rooting for the Cubbies? If uh, you're watching this, I think you know who I'm cheering for, clearly. But no, nobody's going to be happens. Nobody's going to be watching this. This is a podcast now. 
<laughs> he's All got right, his well, Cub T-shirt. Now, he's got his Cub hat on. Cubbies till I die. That's just how I am. But hey, you know, I hope the Braves do well this weekend. So I'm going to leave it at that. That's as diplomatic nice as I can be. But this is a good one, Coach. A lot of fun. All right. Just remember, whatever you're doing today and tomorrow, what are they going to do? Always hit it out of the park. And until we speak to you next week, what may it be? Yeah, best week ever. You got that Every right, Fanatic. I get this right. Remember, this weekend, Friday night, we got the tribute band, which is to who? The Allman Brothers. Come out there, enjoy some great Southern rock in that sound garden. Statesboro Blues, baby. You know it. And then on Saturday night, we got the Sapphire Bullets of Love with the Bonaventure Horns. You want some classic big band sound, but with some Steely Dan, Toto, Tower of Power, James Brown living in the USA. You're going to see it Saturday night at, at the Sound Garden, of course, which is on the campus of Coach's Corner on Victory Drive right here in Thunderbolt, Georgia. Okay, buddy. Once again, it's all part of Sports Network. I'll talk to you next week. God bless. Be safe. And once again, play ball. Play ball. Have a good week. Thank you.